good morning, church. How are we feeling? <laughs> Do you guys feel good? Christmas is over and now, now, now we're ready to rock and roll into 2020. So I'm excited. Um, like Pastor Ben said, I just wanna take a moment and if it's your first time, we just wanna welcome you. I'm so excited that you're here and um, just that we get to spend the morning together. So thank you for choosing our Minneapolis campus this morning to spend your morning with us. I'm excited. Now today we're talking about joy and I'm pumped because joy is something I'm super passionate about. But before I jump into that, I just wanna honor our lead pastors, Pastor Rob and Becca Ketterling. Can we give it up for them? They are amazing. Man, it's an honor to serve under leaders who truly believe in the next generation and they believe in young communicators. And so it's an honor to be a part of their team. And it, I'm just pumped to be able to have this opportunity. And with that, I also wanna honor our campus pastors, Pastor Ben and Emma, can we give it up? Come on, we have the best campus pastors. I, I actually mean it though. You and Emma, you guys champion people better than anybody I know. And you encourage people more than anybody I know. And being on your team, I've never felt more championed and more encouraged. And so I love you guys. It's an honor to be on your team. Can we just give it up for them one more time? I love them, seriously. Now today, so as I said, I, my name's Hannah and I am typically up and go kids and I love it. And our go kids, we have some of the best volunteers ever that are up there right now serving and spending time with your kiddos and they're awesome. But one thing I love about kids is that when I'm teaching a lesson, they're very, very vocal. They have like no problem telling me what's up or telling me how they feel. And so with that, this morning, I want to invite you guys to do the same. So kids, for example, kids will be like, what? What are you talking about? And so this morning, I wanna invite you to give me some feedback. Now you don't, you don't have to say, what are you talking about? You can be like, hey, that's good, or I like that. One thing I like to say is that's wonderful. Not that you have to say it, but it's awesome. And so on three, can you guys just say your favorite little word of feedback, okay? We're gonna say it all together on three. One, two, three. That's wonderful. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Well, I'm just excited to be able to share with you guys today. And I'm gonna introduce myself a little bit. Um, so I am the Go Kids director here. And I grew up in Savage, Minnesota. So if you've never heard of Savage, it's near Shakopee. And so I grew up in Savage. I went to Burnsville High School and graduated in 2015. And when I was in high school, I was on the dance team. I wasn't like super hand-eye coordinated. So that's why I chose dance was because I was able to stand straight in a line and it was awesome. And I loved it. And so I graduated in 2015 and I was never like the church going type. When I was in high school, I never really attended church. And um, the first time that I went to River Valley actually was when I turned 18. And it's actually really, really wild. I was actually invited to church by one of my teachers in high school. So if you were gonna school, a public school, I'm telling you, you, you can invite people to church and it will change their eternities. And so my high school teacher, he invited me and he ended up connecting me with a girl who now attends the Minneapolis campus. And over time, this girl, her name was Sam. She would invite me week after week after week to, our, to the youth group. And I was like, oh my gosh, 
this girl's never gonna give it a rest. Like she's never gonna stop asking me if I'll go and check out this church. And so eventually I don't love getting nagged. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna check out this church that she's talking about. And so I actually ended up going to the Shakopee campus and I attended their youth group. And I went that night and it was, I'll never forget, it was the April 15th of 2015. And I always remember because it was two days before my birthday. And I was attending the, the night and I was sitting there and I was listening to the youth pastor preach the message. And you know, when you're like in a service and the message, it's like the pastor speaking directly to you. It was like that for me. And I was like, oh man, and I was crying. And I ended up giving my life to the Lord that night. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And after that, so I'd given my life to the Lord and I was like ready to jump right in. So I got water baptized about a month later and it was awesome. And this is my favorite part to share because it's just, it's so, it's so funny. I didn't know that like you could serve in church. I didn't know that was a thing. And so what I would do is that I loved being at church. I loved the people. I loved everything about it. And so after I got in water baptized, I would literally attend every single service that we had at our Shakopee campus. So I would sit through the Saturday night, 5 p.m. and the two Sunday mornings, because I was like, this is awesome. And I would like sit in the back row and like take notes and then retake notes and then redo them again. And it was so fun and it, it was so awesome. And then somebody was like, hey, did you know you can actually serve? And I was like, well, this changes everything. Now I don't have to take the same notes a hundred different times. I can actually like be in kids. I can actually like open a door and help people and be awesome. And so I actually jumped into serving and I became a youth leader and did youth ministry for a couple of years serving as a leader. And, and I also served in Go Kids in their kids department as, as one of their toddler teachers. And it was awesome. I loved it. And it wasn't long after that where I just fell in love with the church. I fell in love with what God was doing through the church. And so then I was like, hey, I kind of want to be here more often. And so I jumped into an internship at our Shakopee campus. And so I interned in their youth ministry and it was awesome and I loved it. And it was like, I was able to be in church during the week and I was able to be a part of a lot of different things. And it was so fun, but I didn't grow up in like a church going family. So going to church wasn't really our thing. And so my family was very much into like nursing, which is awesome. But they wanted me to like pursue a path in nursing and I got my nursing assistant right after high school and worked as a nursing assistant for like four short months. And then I decided, well, Lord, this is not for me. <laughs> and so I quit and I worked in a daycare because I loved working with kids. And, and it wasn't long after that where I was asked to go to kids camp. Actually, it's our summer camp that our kids go to at the end of June and kids go and they get to learn all about Jesus. And we have counselors that go and that pour into the kids. And I was asked to go and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go to this kids camp and love on these kids. And I got to this kids camp and I was like, oh no. Like, what have I honestly gotten myself into? And I was like walking and walking. And I remember walking past this like big auditorium and I had my like eight little girls like following me. I felt like I was like lead duck or something. And they were following me and I was like, no God. And I was like, man, is this honestly what you're calling me to do? Like, is this, is this honestly what it is? Because I don't know if I can do this because I loved it. It was the best week of my life, getting to love on the kids and getting to tell them all about Jesus. It was amazing. But I was like, oh, I don't know about this ministry thing, Lord. And 
So then I got back from kids camp and (laughs) avoided the Lord clearly. And I pursued a degree in elementary education. And so it was totally, it was like kind of what God wanted me to do, but at the same time, not. And so I was doing elementary education and I was working in the classroom and I was volunteering and I remember sitting there and I was like, well, this isn't it. This isn't what I love to do. And I remember the Lord speaking to me, then why are you doing it? I was like, oh, I don't know. And so I quit elementary education. And it was shortly after that when I interned in Go Kids back at Shakfi, And I was under their kids pastor at the time. And I was serving there for about eight months. And it was amazing. It was like, I was doing everything I knew I was supposed to do. And then after that, 10 months later, I was approached about a position here at Minneapolis over their kids department. And now I'm here and I'm serving in the city and I love it. (laughs) It's so funny because I tell people all the time, I was so, I was always so nervous to move to Minneapolis because of the driving. It freaked me out. There's so many highways down here. It sounds ridiculous, but like back in the suburbs, there's not really any highways, so I'm good. So it was like very intimidating for me to come to Minneapolis, but now I'm here and I love it and I'm no longer afraid of 35W, so it's awesome. (laughs) But I'm excited because today we're gonna be talking about joy and we're gonna jump right in, but I actually have a passage that we're gonna read. And so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 16, and we're gonna start in verse 22. It should be on the screens for us so you can follow along. So the the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once, the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. So if you're taking notes today, you can title this message as, Joy is not seasonal. Joy is not seasonal. Now we can go ahead and pray together so you can bow your heads. Lord, we just thank you for this day. God, I just pray that right now in this moment, Lord, you would just open hearts, Father, that you'd speak clearly through me, Lord, that it wouldn't be my words, Lord, but it would be yours. And Holy Spirit, you would encourage today. Would you uplift today? Father, we're excited for what you're gonna do and we give this service to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen, man. How many of us are kind of sad, let's be honest, that the Christmas season is over? (laughs) It is over, and it's really sad, in all honesty. And I feel like with with Christmas, with decorations and all that jazz, I feel like there's the kind of people that are like, I'm going to take my Christmas stuff down right away, like the day after Christmas, as as, as soon as it's over. Or there's the kind of people that like, Leave them up till like April, May. You know what I'm talking about? Like my parents are those kind of people. They're like, we're gonna keep it up till summer. And I'm like, that's really weird. (laughs) We're actually not gonna do that. And so I'm actually the opposite. So the day after Christmas, this year on Thursday, I like woke up in the morning, I like had my coffee and I was like, okay, I'm ready to take down everything. So I like took down my little like pom-poms and my like wreath that I hung up and my jingle bells. I'm not gonna lie though, 
I did leave up some Christmas lights because I was like, I need a little bit of fun spirit. Like this is fun. Are there any girls in the room that have Christmas lights in their room? Let's be honest, ladies. Come on, I cannot be the only one. <laughs> I knew there was others. And so it's so fun. And as I was like putting all my Christmas stuff away, I found myself getting kind of like bummed out. I was like, man, so the Christmas season's over. And I feel like during Christmas, everyone's so joyful and everyone's so passionate. And it's the most wonderful time of the year as the song sings, right? It's like the most wonderful time. But now it's over. So it's like kind of sad. And if you're from Minnesota, you know that we're about to enter like into the coldest season possible. Like where you go outside and it like physically hurts your face because the wind is blowing so hard. It feels like needles are just coming into your face and it's, it's, it's just the worst. Let's be honest, I don't like it. And I feel like during Christmas, it's everyone's so joyful, but the minute it's over, that joy is, it's like gone. It's like zap, peace out, never gonna see you again. And we box it away until the next year. And I feel like that's really, that happens to a lot of us. Sometimes we're Christmas, we're like, this is awesome, I love it. And we're super joyful for a month. But the minute it's over, it's like, well, the Christmas season's over. And I guess now we're back to reality. We're back to our routines. We're back to our normal schedules. When the reality is that God doesn't call us to be joyful only during a season, only during a month. That's not, that's not what it's supposed to be, walking the Christian walk. We're meant to be joyful all year round. And the best part is that we have a reason to be joyful, right? We learned about that during the Christmas message on Tuesday. We learned that Jesus came, he died for us. And so we have the, the greatest reason in the world to be joyful. And so today I'm excited because I have three points for you that are gonna help us to be joyful this year in 2020. So if you're ready for your points, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. Now, this first point that I have for you today is, number one, joy is not based on our circumstances. Woo, I like that one. Joy is not based on our circumstances. Now, as you read in Acts chapter 16, we read about how Paul and Silas were put in prison. And prior to being put in prison, they were beaten with, rod, with rods and they were they were put in prison and it was horrible. And it was because they were sharing the good news of Jesus with people and they didn't like it. It wasn't, it wasn't, people didn't like it then. And it kind of blows my mind that when they were in prison, we read about how they were singing and they were worshiping God after all these horrible things had just happened to them. And I'm sure it wasn't the first, the first horrible thing that had happened. Like we read about how they went through all these trials and all these trials and then they end up being put in prison. And it's like, are you kidding me? If I was Paul and Silas, I'd be like, I really, Lord, really? I'm in prison now because I've been telling people about you. Like, this is not what I was planning. This is not what I wanted. It's not what I expected, right? This circumstance is actually the worst. Like if I were Paul and Silas and I was put in prison for that, honestly, I'd probably be sitting there like, I have no reason to be joyful. Not any at all, because this is miserable and this is horrible. But the reality is that I love is that we see when Paul and Silas were in prison, they weren't sitting there bitter, mad at God. They weren't at all. They were actually worshiping God and praising him. And it's like, how could they do that? How were they able to worship God in the midst of the worst circumstances ever? Because sometimes I can't. I could be going through different things in my life and I'm like, I don't really wanna be joyful, Lord. I don't really wanna worship you in this season because it's hard. 
right? But what I love is that Paul and Silas, they weren't focused on everything that was going on around them. That wasn't what they were looking at. They were looking at Jesus, right? That's the only person they were looking to because how would they, be, would have, how would they have been able to worship if they were looking at anything else besides him? And so it makes me wonder how often are we so focused on what's going on around us instead of being focused on our savior, right? Because he's the only one who can change our circumstances. He's the only one. I can't change my circumstance by being bitter or mad. There's nothing that I can do that's gonna change that. But if I can look to the savior and focus on the posture of my heart and actually worship out of a place of joy of knowing that God's never failed me and it's not, he's not going to, it's not even in his character to do that. And so rather, I'm gonna focus on the Lord and focus on who he is. And from that place, I can actually worship with a heart of joy, right? That's why I love when we come in here on Sunday mornings and we're led by the worship team. That's why we raise our hands. That's why we jump up and down and we clap because we're worshiping out of a place of joy of who God is. It's not about what's going on around us. Yeah, it's hard. And we walk through really difficult seasons. And I'm sure there's people in here that you're going through a really, really hard season and it's hard to choose joy. But can I challenge you? Look to the Savior. Look to Him because He's the comforter. He's the one that's gonna protect you. He's the one that's gonna walk you through the season that you're in. And with that, it leads me into our point number two. Point two is joy is our choice. Joy is our choice. Man, I struggle with this one. I don't know about any of you, maybe I'm the only one that struggles with choosing joy sometimes, but it's hard. When I think of Paul and Silas, I'm sure that they, we, it doesn't say in the Bible that, oh man, Paul and Silas, like they really thought about whether or not they wanted to worship God or whether they wanted to be bitter. It doesn't say that. It just says that they were joyful and they were praising God. But I'm sure it was a choice that they had to make. Ultimately, it's not, it's not like, oh, everything's great. I'm gonna choose joy. No, I'm sure there was struggle that was going on within their hearts. I'm sure there was frustration. And like I said, this is something that's really, really challenging for me at times. Um, I grew up in a family that doesn't know the Lord and they still don't to this day. And there's a lot of like chaos and a lot of hurt and pain that's formed over the years. And when I gave my life to the Lord, there was a lot of chaos that took place. I kind of, I went against the grain in my family, you could say. They were pursuing the world and I was pursuing Christ. And so it caused a lot of division in my home. And I remember being at home, like just tired of getting nagged and getting yelled at and getting like, you know, why are you doing this? This is ridiculous. Why are you at church? It's the dumbest thing you could ever do. And I was like, Lord, this is so difficult. This is hard to choose joy in this moment. And it's, it's every day. So am I supposed to choose joy every single day and walk through another challenge every single day? And there was a moment where I was on my way to church. It was about a year and a half after I got saved. And I was sitting in the car and I was at the stoplight. If you've ever been to the Shakopee campus, it was at the stoplight right before. And I was waiting to turn and I was sitting there and I was like, man, God, I don't wanna do this anymore. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I wanna do this walk with you anymore. It's too hard. It's hard to choose joy every single day because the reality is sometimes life is not fun. Sometimes people say things that are really, really hurtful and they leave a mark on your heart, right? Or sometimes you're walking through a season with family that's really, really challenging. Or maybe you have somebody in the hospital in your family and it's like, how do I choose joy then? But as I was sitting in the car that day, I, I told the Lord, I was like, here's the deal. I'm either gonna choose to walk in joy every day from here on out 
or I'm done and I'm walking away, God, because I'm tired of this battle. I mean, the Bible says that when we give our life to the Lord, it's not easy. It's not like we're never gonna face difficult things again. But I was like, I, I can't do it. I'm done. And I remember sitting in the car and I was like, man, if this God thing is really, really real, and if I've been able to make it a year and a half in this walk with the Lord, and I've been able to choose joy, even when it's hard, I guess I can do this. I guess I can continue to choose joy. And so today, Lord, I'm gonna put a stake in the ground and I'm gonna say, okay, I guess we're gonna fight this fight still. I guess every single day from here on out, I'm gonna continue to choose joy because the reality is I know it's worth it. I know that if I choose not to pick joy, then what? What do I have left? Where's my hope? Right, because I don't have any. And so when I look to the Lord and I, instead of focus on my circumstances, focus on all the things that are going wrong, focus on my family who is kind of crazy, who doesn't know the Lord, rather, I'm gonna choose joy. And I'm gonna say, okay, Lord, this is what you've called me to do. This is the season you've called me to walk through. So I'm gonna choose joy because I know that you're worth it. You haven't failed me. You're not gonna fail me again. You're not, you've never failed. And so I'm gonna choose to walk with you. And so joy is a choice we have to make. And I don't know what, I don't know what it is for you. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's family. I don't know if it's the season you're walking in, whatever that looks like. But can I encourage you, choose joy. It's worth it. Jesus is worth it. It's so much greater to walk with him. It's so much greater. This will lead me into my third point. And the third point is joy is a byproduct of walking with Jesus. Whoa, let me say it one more time. Joy is a byproduct of walking with Jesus. Man, I love that because when I read it, I think, well, there's Jesus and there's joy, right? Because without Jesus, it's not joy. It's happiness actually. And from what we know, happiness is temporary. Happiness is fleeting. I can pass the test and be really, really happy but what happens if I fail the next one? It's like, what was, what was I holding on to, right? But if joy goes hand in hand with Jesus, then why would we not choose him, right? The Bible talks about there being joy in salvation. When you give your life to the Lord, you experience a kind of joy that's nothing like this world can offer you. And I can tell you that's true because it's, it's, it's true for me. When I was 18 and I gave my life to the Lord, it wasn't, I haven't like always been this joyful person. I didn't even know what joy was. I was like, what is it, this really excited feeling that all the time things are going well? That's not the case. Joy, joy doesn't mean that everything's always gonna be awesome. It's not. And I walked through a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression when I was in high school. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't understand the point of life. I really didn't care to like, figure it out. Either I was like, man, all I know is that this is hard and I feel this void in my heart and I don't know how to fill it. And I'm telling you that void that I felt was the realest thing I've ever felt in my life. I knew it was like, there was a hole in my heart and I've literally, it's, it was so real. Like people, surgeons, when they see holes in hearts, like I'm telling you, that's how real it felt to me. And I knew that the only thing that could fill my heart was Jesus. I knew it. And I didn't even go to church. I didn't even know. I just knew that something eternal was meant to fill the gap I felt. And so it was after I, 
after I had given my life to the Lord, the night that I accepted Jesus, I'm telling you the anxiety and the depression that I felt, I literally felt, felt it wash away. It went to the side and the joy of my salvation is what filled the gap that I felt. The hole that I felt, I don't, I don't feel it anymore. And it's because I walk with Jesus now. I pursue him in everything I do, right? So it's the, the joy that you receive when you accept Jesus. It's, it's, nothing, it's like nothing you've ever experienced before. But guess what? Like I said, I've walked through challenges. I've walked through really difficult situations and I've wanted to walk away. I wanted to be like, I'm done, God. I don't wanna do this anymore. But I've cho- I've, I made the choice to pursue Jesus through it all. And I really believe that that joy that I received that night when I accepted Jesus into my heart, that's for, that's for you too. It wasn't just for me, it's for you. And when you make the choice to accept Jesus into your heart, he will fill that gap. It doesn't mean you're not gonna struggle anymore. That's not what it means. But it means that Jesus is gonna walk through it with you. He's not gonna leave you. He's not gonna just be like, okay, have your situation, be by yourself. That's not who God is. That's not who he is. He's gonna walk with you through it. And he's gonna give you the strength to choose the joy regardless of what's around you. And so church, I wanna offer you that opportunity. If you, maybe you feel the gap in your heart. You feel the void that I was talking about where you can literally feel it. You know it's in your heart. And you know the only thing that can fill it is Jesus. Or maybe you've never experienced the joy of the Lord. Maybe it's something you've, 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 never, you've never experienced. You've only ever experienced happiness. What's fleeting, what's temporary. Church, we can go ahead and bow our heads. If you feel that tug on your heart, that impression that maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me that, that she's talking to. Maybe it's me, God's nudging on my heart. I want that joy. I wanna experience that for the first time. I wanna know what it's like to have the joy of salvation. I wanna know that when I'm walking through difficult waters, I'm not alone. Jesus is with me. Church, you see that the gospel is that Jesus came from his high position in heaven to come in the humblest frame as a baby. He lived a life that we could never live just to die a death that we deserved. At the moment of the cross, we poured into him our sins and he poured out righteousness in exchange. Therefore, God no longer views you through the mistakes that you've made or the shame you may feel, but instead he views you through the lens of Jesus Christ. You're now clear, you're clean, you're blameless. All your past, present, future sin, it's been covered. All you have to do is what it says in Romans 10, nine. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and and you will be saved. So church, if that's you in this room and you feel that impression on your heart, if you feel maybe Jesus is speaking to you, the Holy Spirit's nudging your heart, this is for you. Don't just blow it away. Don't just pretend it's not, it's, you're not feeling anything because it's the Holy Spirit and it's God speaking to you. So when I say three, you can go ahead and lift your hand if you wanna make this decision today. One, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Two, when you make this decision, you are a new creation. The Bible says that the old life is gone and the new life has come. Three, if that's you in this room, you can go ahead and raise your hand.
I see that hand, I see that. Just give a couple more moments. Church, we can go ahead and pray this prayer all together. We don't want anybody to pray alone. You can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know that I've fallen short. Please forgive me. Today I receive this gift, the free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my savior. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. Church, can we go ahead and stand up? Amen. We can give it up for all those who gave their life to Jesus today. Man, that's the best decision you will ever make. Man, it's the best decision, seriously. Well, church, it's been an awesome morning. I'm excited for the rest of this week. I'm excited for 2020. We're gonna go into it with a new and renewed joy, right? It's gonna be awesome. So church, we'll have prayer team members lined up on the side if you wanna pray with somebody. And then we have Now What books as well. These are the Now What books. If you gave your life to Jesus, you, this is for you. So this is the gift that we have. So you can go ahead and, re- and grab this. Um, but on your way out today, make sure that you grab a voucher it, or a parking voucher. It'll, you put it on the sticker that you got as you entered the ramp. But with that, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week serving the Lord. We love you guys.